Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss not another issue of the Uncanny X-Men, but this time we're doing the Magic Storm and Ileana limited series from the X-Men, it says on the cover. Uh, Issue one is from December 1983. It was on sale August 30th of 1983 with a cover price of 60 cents. And it is titled Little Girl Lost. You, you seek magic. You, you know all the tricks. You, you seek magic. On the cover of this, you have Little Ileana, you have Belasco, you have uh, Limbo Nightcrawler, and you have, I'm guessing, well, I know, but you have older Limbo Storm, and you've got a new character who has, like, throwing stars on her costume. And this version of the costume on the cover doesn't look as terrible as it does inside. I can't tell if the sides that we're looking at are flesh or if they're supposed to be like a light purple. Yeah, on the cover, they look like they might be a light purple, which is kind of okay. I think once you get inside, you realize they're flesh. <laughs> yeah. In which case, this costume makes terrible sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the cover, it's not very compelling. Um, and I want to just take a, a step back. Growing up, I don't think I knew that this existed. I was going to ask that because... Um, the, well, this 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 dear listener details what happened to Ileana Rasputin or whatever her last name is um, when she was in uh, Belasco's lair. Spoilers. Well, I think <laughs> okay, that's a pretty dead on spoiler. Uh, but you you can skip this episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yes. I was I was wondering, like. Uh, have you ever, I was going to say, have you ever read this or were you, so I guess the answer is no. The answer no, is no. you haven't. Uh, and if you recall, when we did X-Men number 160, which featured, what was it called? Shoots and Ladders or Hide and Seek, or I can't remember what the issue was called. I commented that it was one of my favorite out of the series just because of the weird time thing and I don't know, just the alternate limbo stuff. So for me, reading this now is kind of like, whoa, I never knew that this story existed. I mean, I only ever speculated as to what happened in her time in Limbo. And not only that, uh, through various captions and flashbacks and, and stuff like that. I didn't know that this so, whole story existed. The big question is, mm-hmm. will this hold up to your expectations? My expectations? Oh. Well, we'll find out as we go through this. Um, but one thing I got to ask is, like, were the fans asking for this? It seems like there's a flurry of four-issue limited series happening right now. Oh, do you think so? Jim Heem Schutter, do you think he just greenlit? is like, we need four-issue miniseries of, I don't know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, the Microbots, or whatever they are. And, I don't know, Chris, you got anything you can think of? Magic! That's good. Roll with it. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't put... Storm, uh, like Storm is not one of the things selling this comic. No. Even though she's sort of in the title. So yeah, I was thinking, I like initially I thought, oh, it's a Storm limited series. Right. Featuring Storm and, and, and magic, but really it's not. Well, we it's, don't, we don't even know what a magic is at this point 
in the- fact, I, I'm actually not sure that they refer to it as a person through this entire series. I'm yeah? No, I, I couldn't recall after having read it. I, I think you might actually be right. We'll have to keep our eye open for that. But it is Storm, trademark, and Ilyana, trademark, Magic, trademark. I don't know how you trademark Ilyana, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's get it. And, again, I guess it's it's also like this non – I don't know. What do you think about this cover, Adam? As I said, it's not very compelling. It's not like I'm looking at the, the rack going like, oh, man, look at that action-packed cover called Magic. I better buy that. If- if I'm an X-Men fan, I probably pick it up, but if I'm also if I'm an X-Men fan, I might even pass right over it cuz it says in very tiny letters from the X-Men. I might not even notice that. It does not draw attention to the fact that it's Storm uh in the series except for the on the top it says Storm and Ilyana. Um there are no X-Men on the cover that are recognizable. Maybe Nightcrawler is the exception. I don't know. Well, Who buys this? The other thing is that what is happening at the same time? This is 1984, right? Yeah, this is this is. Uh, I'm I'm picking up X Men versus the Micronauts if I see this and that at the at the shop. Well, the only reason I ask is because 19 issues of the X Men have passed since issue number 160, so that's well over a year. So anybody you know who got out of collecting isn't buying this. People that are new to collecting are looking at this like I don't know what this is. So there's like a middle ground of people that were collecting at that time that happened to because this is stocked right next to Micronauts probably. <laughs> Maybe I not. wonder if the marketing was really good on this. I have no idea. I I never heard of it. I mean, not that I heard of everything, but and again, this is 1984, so it's a it's it's about two years before I'm really into collecting comic books. But you know, once I started getting into comic books, I was at my comic book shop all the time, and and it was at that time period that I picked up 160 and I read it, and I was like, oh my god, I love this issue. So if I would have seen this cover, like this specific cover with Belasco and uh, Limbo and Nightcrawler on it, I would have bought it. But I I don't think I ever saw it. So, anyways, that's 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 my story, everybody. I recognize the cover to issue four, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So, yeah, we open this book up and um, we get kind of a uh, multiple panels uh, layout here of Ilana kind of looking over the mansion. Actually, I think she's at a cliff behind the mansion, just kind of looking over uh, and she's reflecting and she's talking about... um, Jeremy. What? The mansion's on a cliff? Well... What? The back of it is. Since when? Well, Adam, don't you remember when that 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 Avengers enemy was in the backyard in the spaceship? Do you remember that? Yeah, guy? whatever. Yeah, it is? super adaptoid. I'm, and and Scott ran like twenty miles to get back to the mansion. Yeah. Well, uh, hmm. did he have to run up a mountain? <laughs> you know what's interesting? I mean, you're absolutely correct in both of those observations. But I think this cliff is also um, revisited in Astonishing X-Men because there's definitely a cliff and something happens off of that cliff and it's definitely by the mansion. But I, I think you're right. This might actually be the first representation of the cliff behind the mansion, <laughs> even though we've seen all of these activities take uh, place in the back nine, as it were. Remember when the mansion got attacked by dinosaurs? I do. Maybe maybe they made the cliff. <laughs> Wait, is there a butt behind this cliff? Oh my! <laughs> Is that where Gene and Cyclops? Wow. Hmm. Maybe maybe the mansion was magically transported to Arizona or New Mexico. That's where they were. Maybe they built the mansion in a new location when oh, they rebuilt the mansion the last yeah. time. Yeah. 
you know, the mansion gets rebuilt quite frequently, but they never actually say that it's in the exact same spot, although I think the right. address never changes. Well, you know, it's what what's the address? House of School for Gifted Youngsters 1? No, it's like 789 Gray Malkin Avenue or something like that. It's maybe it's the only house on Gray Malkin Avenue. It could be and they just they're just really tight with the post office. <laughs> But anyway, she's talking about if she would if she would have remained in Siberia, she'd be eight. But instead, she's fourteen, and she's got this pendant. It's a pendant that we saw in X Men number one sixty. It's got a pentagram. Three of the little bloodstones are lit up, and she's kind of given us a little bit more information than we've ever had before. She spent half of her life in Earth and half of her life in Hell, where she was consort to a devil. Now she is Ilyana Rasputin. She refers to her brother as. Uh, Peter Niklovich, which we never really resolved uh, I think how that works. Maybe like a middle name or something? Well, I think she, they're both Rasputin. Uh, Peter Nik- yes. Niklovich Rasputin. I think she's Ilyana Niklova Rasputin. And it may be like a, a, a familial thing where like the, it's a combination of the parent's name that formed the middle name. I don't know. I can buy that. Yeah. But anyways, they do often refer to themselves by first middle name, but I'm hoping thinking that Chris Claremont did some research when he came up with that. One would hope, but, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so she is, uh, she's got a tear rolling down her face, and she's wondering if she is going to be humanity's savior or if she's going to be the means of eternal damnation. Given that I've read this entire series, it's interesting that she might think that she would be humanity's savior. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a little bit lofty. Yeah. Actually, in both regards, you know, after yeah, yeah. having read the series, because, <laughs> well, we'll go through it. But anyways, uh, the next page is a two-page spread, which is basically a different angle of a panel we saw in X-Men number 160. I guess I should rem- uh, mention the creative staff here. Chris Claremont writing, John Busima layouts, Tom, pa- Tom Palmer's finisher, Tom Morzakowski lettering, Glennis Ween is the colorist, Luis Jones is the editor, and Heem Schutter is the editor-in-chief. And we see the X-Men in a uh, circle, a light, one of those light circles. Peter's holding Ilyana. Uh, Old Storm is holding off Belasco and a bunch of monsters, including Sa'im. Sa'im is there. It's basically uh, just, it's, it's the camera has turned. I don't remember what the perspective was in 160, but it's just a different angle of uh, pretty much exactly the same thing that was happening. Uh, I think even down to the same vocals from uh, Wolverine and Kitty Pride. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I skimmed issue 160 prior to this, and yeah, a lot of the, vi- the dialogue is exactly the same. There's a lot of um, narration here. In fact, this whole four, four series issue is very heavy on the Ileana narration, which isn't a bad thing from a storytelling perspective, um, but I've got some comments on it as we go. But she's thinking to herself, like, there's Blasco, and he's crazy, and I'm young, and I'm scared, and there's Old Storm, and there's Young Storm, and they're trying to get us home. And then we Sim get- is not wearing his vest. I, I'm just a little disappointed by that. Well, was there any reason why he wouldn't have been wearing his vest from an event that happened in 160? Um, maybe that's not really Sim. The face is slightly different. It could just be some random demon. Yeah. Because when we again see Sa'im, he will have his little vest. That's true. Spoilers, Sa'im is still in limbo. Oh, yeah. 
So then we get another recreation panel. Uh, Belasco sneaks past Storm with his magical teleportation ability. And as the X-Men are slipping through the magical Limbo Earth disc, Belasco grabs onto Ilyana. Kitty's holding on to her other arm. She's being pulled back and forth. And that's when Belasco is able to wrestle her free. And we hear from the Limbo side uh, what's happening on the other side. Oh, no! I can't feel anything! I've lost her! In, in issue 160, we see this same dialogue panel, but we see it from Kitty's perspective. We don't see what she's holding on to. Uh, and then in the next panel, she says, I've got her again, or something like that. Yep. And that will be referenced here, actually, a couple of times, yep. which is, got to be honest, the, I feel like this story was like Chris was just waiting for his chance, because... Like, he's, no stone is left unturned, in my opinion, as far as, like, how it ties in with that 160 issue. I mean, there's not much it has to tie into, but still. Uh, that, oh, I, I, I agree with you there, but it's also, there is a bit of it that is kind of retconny. Okay. Which I'll, I'll talk about when we get to it. Only one, it's only one part, actually, and it's not, it's not that retconny. Right. It's not a bad retcon. Well, it's actually, w- it's a good retcon. I will prepare to argue with you. Okay. <laughs> but... Anyways, yeah, so Storm, old Storm now, Limbo Storm, she sees this, uh, and I guess I should say from here on out, uh, we won't really be addressing the original X-Men. No. Uh, So, anyways, Limbo Storm says, uh, no, she can't believe what's happened, Ileana didn't make it, and uh, so she now has to follow Belasco to where he has taken Ileana so that she can try to rescue her. Or slay her if she cannot save her. Right. So, uh, Belasco takes her to another part of Limbo, lays her down on a slab, um, and that's when Storm shows up, and they kind of just have a little dialogue back and forth. Even Kitty Pride wasn't this innocent when I finally claimed her, says Belasco. What does that mean? Did we, Adam, did we see Limbo Kitty Pride in? We, we did not. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I don't think we did. No. But we know that there are alternate versions of all of the X-Men in Limbo, and Kitty Pride is the only one that we don't really know. Well, it was slightly confusing because in reading issue 160, they weren't alternate versions of the X-Men. They were the X-Men that had happened a different way. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're alternate versions, but they're the same people. So we were led to believe, at least I was led to believe, or I felt reading 160 that Kitty Pride was just Kitty Pride, but this kind of supposes that they're they're essentially a whole other kind of the, the it's the whole other team. It's 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 not it's not the same people just in the future. It's another team that happened. I maybe this is the same way of saying what you just said, but I always interpreted 160 as the uh, X Men that you saw that were mostly dead and Nightcrawler and Storm were a team that were brought there at the same time as the team that we read about. Uh, But since time is all weird and wonky in Limbo, they lived a lot longer, and due to Limbo-ness, they ended up becoming corrupted. And in Nightcrawler's case, he became an apprentice to Belasco. Uh, Colossus ultimately ended up dying, just like Wolverine. Uh, And then we just, I guess, just never saw Kitty. And Storm was the only one that was able to kind of keep that evil at bay. That's how I interpret it. So it's like the same people further down the time stream had things played out differently. Your interpretation makes a lot more sense with this limited series. Okay. 
All right. Anyways, so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Storm, she's not going to allow this thing to happen. She's not going to allow, you know, whatever happened to Kitty Pride to happen to Ilyana. Uh, Belasco refers to the fact that Storm and Belasco have fought before, and even when she was younger, she was no match for Belasco. Um, how, you, what hope have you now that you are old? Yeah. So she, uh, Belasco pulls Ilyana's astral form out of her body. Uh, now Ilyana is kind of narrating about how she's floating and it feels pretty good. It feels wonderful. She laughs inside. She's not afraid. Um, she wishes Peter was there, but, uh, you know, Belasco's, he's ugly and scary, but his voice is gentle. He's kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe this guy's not bad. She's thinking to herself. He won't do anything bad to me. He loves me. He said so. So Belasco reaches out, touches the astral form, and as uh, he kind of strokes her chin, uh, Ilyana grows older and older, uh, and she starts out, uh, I don't know, pr- pretty looking, innocent looking, uh, but then gets more and more evil and corrupted and demonic until she's kind of walking out of the flames. Uh, and, yeah, it's like Belasco's taunting storm. Remember, Aurora, when this was done to you? Now I transform this simulacrum of Ilyana into a ball of energy. So demon Ilyana, who has grown old, has been uh, older, I should say. She looks like she's about 20 or something, has been turned into a ball of energy. Uh, and then Belasco reaches out, smushes that ball, and turns it into a red bloodstone and places it into the amulet. So now we know. That's how the first one appeared. I don't really know what that means, though. <laughs> like, we'll get to the other bloodstones, and they kind of make sense, but this all he did was just, like, take Ilyana's older essence and put it in here. Maybe that does make sense. I don't know. Maybe it does. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all very spiritual and mumbo jumbo-y and... I don't. It seems it seems like to me that there were certain times that he could create these bloodstones, and maybe this is just one of the times that he can do it. Yeah, or maybe it's like a timer, right? Like he brought her to a demonic point of an indeterminate age, but we'll say twenty. Maybe, maybe what that's saying is that when Ilyana grows ultimately to that age, the bloodstone will be released, and then. Then humanity will fall. I'm really reading between the lines to come up with that, though, because <laughs> it doesn't say that anywhere. When at last the circle is complete, the dimensional walls will burst and the elder gods will come forth. The circle being complete being the five bloodstones in the place of the amulet. Uh, did we talk a little history about Belasco in 160? No. Okay. Did Maybe we did. I don't recall such things. I know very little about Belasco. He's missing an arm, which I didn't notice while I was reading issue one. He's missing an arm? Yeah. I guess now that you mention it, he pretty much is only using his left arm. That makes a lot of sense because when he's grabbing onto Ilyana, he's like, why is he drawn at this drawn at this odd pose? Doesn't look comfortable at all. Okay. Yeah. He's only got one arm. I didn't know that. All these years. You probably <laughs> mentioned this in X-Men number 160. And I was like, I never knew that. And no, I don't think I noticed it in X-Men 160. There was a line of dialogue that pointed it out, and I went. I had to go back to issue 160 to be like, has he always been missing an arm? Did he lose an arm in this series? <laughs> so I can't remember if he is a man that became corrupted and was banished to Limbo, uh, or if he's always been a demon that has lived in Limbo. Um, 
Right? Are, are these things that you know from? No, I don't know any future X Men stories or. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering. I mean, the this mini series will allude to a couple of things, but I don't know that there's anything concrete about where he came from, and I don't remember if we talked about it in 160. So, in other words, I, I don't have any new information for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, the Bloodstone's there, all that stuff you just said, uh, and then he sees Storm kind of in the back corner, uh, and he turns around and whips out some energy from his hand and shoots Yay! her. She says. And uh, She thinks to herself, each stone makes Belasco incalculably, incalculably stronger if he's to be stopped. Must be here now. I have the will, but my body is so old. <laughs> it's betraying her and she she looks she looks like she should be dead but i guess she's not she's just very very wounded but that's when riding atop of like a i don't know an, a stone golem is a woman in a cat costume who throws a throwing star which scratches belasco's face uh face my face he says perhaps you don't well perhaps you don't age butcher but you can be killed. Yes. And at first, I wasn't 100% sure if this was Kitty Pride. I mean, it has to be Kitty Pride, right? It's a character named Cat. She's got brown hair. We didn't see her in the last issue. But I just didn't know until there was actual confirmation. I don't think we get yeah, the confirmation yeah, no. until issue two where somebody says Kitty Pride. Uh, She's like, that name, get, it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I think we get, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, because Belasco, she jumps out there and says that you can, I can't, or you can be killed. Belasco's like, cat, the original bad penny, Belasco. That's me always turning up where I'm least expected. So it's not like, and I kind of like this where Belasco's like, cat, you used to be kitty pride until you became so corrupted by limbo that you took the cat personality. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, he's just like cat and we're left to, um, you know, either guess that it's Kitty Pride or be like, all right, well, who is this? Well, if this if this is Kitty Pride, then she's wearing a mask and she's wearing a new outfit, which is just awful. It's 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 a uh, it's a prelude to a future costume, I think. Uh, it's a prelude to a future name too. It is, but it's it's a bad costume, and and again, I can't tell if this is flesh we're looking at, and I I think it is. I'm, I'm going to assume that she's wearing light purple s stockings but or uh, tights or whatever. But regardless, it's a terrible costume design. Like, it looks great from the front um, and even the back, but from the side, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest mistake with the costume is that the, uh, you know, it's like a it's like a one-piece swimming suit, but the, the legs where it would normally go up around your by your waist or whatever it goes like way up like to her armpits practically into the armpit yeah there's so there's a big space where you can see all her naughty bits well, uh well you don't see anything but like you can just see all the flesh going up from her thigh to her armpit which is just very strange this would and, and impractical well very it would have been a much better costume if if the size would have just gone down to like where a normal one piece swimming suit goes down, and then keep the long arms and the boots. Uh, right. But whatever. Somebody somebody wanted to see some skin, I guess. Maybe that was Jim Shooter, <laughs> Chris or, or Sal. I need to see some more skin. The kids like skin. <laughs> so she's got a sword, and she's got six throwing stars, uh, three on each arm, and she's got a mask 
um, maybe we'll we'll say reminiscent of a of a Jean Grey mask, but with a third middle prong. Oh yeah. That's true. I wonder also, you know, the swords and the throwing stars and all that sort of stuff, is is that a prelude to a future four-part miniseries? Or actually, is it six-part miniseries? It's a six-part miniseries. Um, maybe. Or maybe just ninjas are cool. Yeah, I suppose. It's the mid-80s. Ninjas are everywhere. Uh, yep, so she runs in. She's got her sword drawn, and she's going she's gonna to cut him in half if she can. She swipes... But as she does, Belasco teleports away. Yes. And that's uh, that's good. That gives our heroes time to rescue Liana and uh, teleport her back to um, Storm's garden home in Limbo. Yep. And we saw this in 160. So there, Kitty and or Cat, I should say, and Storm, uh, I guess are friends, but they seem to have a difference of opinion as to how to survive here in Limbo. There's a lot of dialogue, though. Just trying to summarize it here. Kat says here, she says, uh, I'm sorry I didn't come to your aid earlier. It's just seeing the X-Men together myself as I was. So right there you can be like, okay, probably Kitty. And Peter, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, you! It brought back too many memories. I felt so ashamed. In our history, Ilyana was rescued while the X-Men remained trapped in limbo. This time, the reverse occurred. So, it's a different group of X-Men, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That Ilyana was saved, but the rest of the X-Men did not get back. Whereas, with this group of X-Men, they the X-Men were all saved, but Ilyana gets uh, uh, left behind. So, is that a alternate universe, or is that the same people that a different thing happened? I'm going to stick... I, I, it's, because it's limbo, I think we can make up any rules we want. Okay. So, I'm going to say it's essentially the same team, but it's just something slightly different happened. And I think that's a cool idea, and if that's what Chris Claremont intended for, uh, good on him. Or he has written such a... a, a, a a, a decent mythology to follow this that it's given us enough to pontificate about that that's equally good writing. So, yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Chris, if you're listening. And I know you are. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it does say here uh, Limbo is a magic place where none of the normal rules of space and time apply. Anything is possible. And then Chris, Chris Claremont jumps out and says, Anything! Yeah. So Ileana, she's 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 a little bit tougher than uh, than we give her credit for. I mean, being an eight year old, she's she's thinking to herself that she wasn't really asleep; she was just pretending, listening to the adults talk. She likes this place, and that's where she recognizes the voice of Kitty, Peter's special friend, and oh. mine too, all grown up. There, it I'm is. real quiet. I don't want them to know I'm here. And again, it's it's not like in your face. Like you have to read all of these words to understand exactly what's happening. If you're skimming it, uh, I don't know. Nobody's like spoon feeding you anything here, which is good. Um, it looks like uh, Storm, she's got some telepathy or she's just hyper aware of everything that's going on in her garden because she's like, she, she knows that uh, Ileana's up. Yeah, and she's cool with it. 
Yeah. Um, and so she's thinking to herself about how you'll you'll learn to ha- how to deal with this place and all this stuff. But it, apparently keeping I don't know what's happened, but either keeping this place going uh, or well, the the battle that just happened has finally caught up with Storm and she she passes or she she falls. Uh, she's very tired. Mm hmm. And that's when um, Danny Glover says, you're getting too old for this. <laughs> and uh, Kitty pours herself some water. They have a quick little conversation. Uh, Storm wants to break Belasco's link with Ileana. Um, Kat believes that there's a simpler solution. Um, I think she's inferring that they need to kill Belasco. Or maybe they're inferring that they need to kill Ileana. I don't know which. I thought that they, that's what she was inferring at first, but then I think, given what happens, that she's not going to kill Ilyana or kill Belasco. I, I was thinking that they were. She was inferring that they were going to. They should kill Ilyana. Um, but then I think Kitty's plan actually will come to fruition later. Okay. Uh, I have considered it, says Storm, but I have too much blood on my hands already. I want no more. Yeah, that leads me to believe that they're they're talking about killing Ilyana. Hmm. Okay. Or or. Are they talking about? Well, they know they can't kill Belasco because oh, he's yeah, immortal. Yeah, yeah, and and as as we'll learn, with it comes to immortal, uh, with Belasco in limbo, immortal really does mean immortal. Yep. So they come to visit Ilyana. Uh, talk with her a little bit. Ilyana understandably wants her brother. Uh, Storm is like just. Hang tight. We'll get you back to him. But Belasco is evil beyond measure. The medallion he gave you gives him power over you. Hmm. That doesn't seem like a good thing. Mm-mm. Maybe they should just break the medallion. I bet it's impervious to damage. They never talk about that, though. But you're, oh, probably, yeah. you're probably right. But yeah, It would have been nice if they attempted to do that. Yeah. Um, and then they talk about Storm's age and all that sort of stuff. We understand all of that. Um, if I'm able to free you from Belasco's enchantment, I shall then be able to send you home. Kitty is very excited about this, and she looks over to Cat and says, Will you and Kitty come with me? And that's when Kitty says, No! Kitty's daddy, Ayana! Forget her! And Storm says, this is where we belong at this point. We're not going anywhere, but you can still go. She starts a spell. Uh, I guess this is the spell to break the hold over Belasco. Uh, Ileana's trusting that Storm's not going to hurt her. And, and they, go into the ast- they go into astral forms and walk into a uh, psychedelic joint. <laughs> the mystic path. Yeah. and That leads to the psychic jun- junction. And if you are an avid New Mutants fan, you will see a lot of this in the near future. But for now, it's our first glimpse uh, at, I don't know, I guess traveling in limbo, or this form of traveling in limbo. But they Going fu- down to the psychic junction. They find a, a big, uh, I don't know, castle. It's a big castle. and uh, She says it's the core of Ileana's being. Right. Lady, have mercy. Could she have become so transformed in so short a time? So I'm guessing that they're like in her soul or something. Yeah, they're, 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 they said she said the psychic junction was formed by the medallion and it is and they're They're in Ileana's mind. So older Ileana, uh, who is evil looking or demonic looking, I should say, uh, and is definitely I don't know, 17, 18, definitely older than eight, is riding up on a horse, and she is able to read Storm's thoughts, and she says, 
You better believe it, Roro, referring to the transformation in such a short time. Give the gold lady a Ileana? star. Give the gold lady a star. Consider a preview of what I'll be once Belasco's had his wild, wicked way with me. I can hardly wait. This is my domain, Storm. You enter at your own risk. So I guess, like, Storm has her little nature preserve. She's got, like, this evil, like, uh, uh, snake mountain uh, area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because everything needs to tie back to he-man of course <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Ilyana's riding up her horse towards storm storm casts a spell i guess at the, at the horse's feet causing Ilyana to go flying forward but uh as Ilyana's flying forward she pulls out a whip and is able to get that whip around uh, Storm's neck. It's alive. It's part of Ilyana. It's choking her. Uh, Storm uses her own magic because if her astral form is slain, her body will also die. So she turns the end of the whip into a bunch of nice little roses. Yep, and she, so she's able to get up, and we get this nice silhouetted picture of Ileana in the background, and it just looks like she's got like a whole bunch of tentacles coming out of her, but it's like her hair and her costume flowing all over the place it's mostly her groovy costume i think it's cool yeah i like it and uh it's costume design iliana's like if you were fresh and healthy and young this might be a fair fight at this point i'm like how many times are we gonna get pointed out that storm is old (laughs) this is is like an insult to old people everywhere that's true if you're old you can't do anything (laughs) you might as well just lay down and die Well, Storm is on the ground. She's trying to get herself up, but as she does, demons erupt from the ground and start reaching for her. Her spells have no effect. She's pinned. Uh, I can hurt you, Aurora. I can kill you, but I'd rather not. We're kindred spirits, you and I, touched by Belasco's darkling majesty. Again, referring to some mysterious past of storms with Belasco. Why hide your true self when it's so beautiful and some horns start growing out of... uh, Storm's forehead, and she's got some fangy teeth. I deny you as I denied your maker, says Storm. I can still control the weather. And she does so. She whips up the wind, and it blows Ileana off of her balance and the demons as well. And so, given that moment's reprieve, she, uh, Storm that is, is able to teleport away from that area back to her, her nature preserve. And this is when we get some classic Storm, where she's like, Ugh, I feel so dirty. I better take all my clothes off and go swimming. <laughs> okay, I'm swimming and I'm naked. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's Storm. And so uh, Storm kind of debriefs with Kat that uh, Ileana's uh, imprisoned and blah, 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 blah. Everything we just saw, really. I cannot eliminate the magical cancer that consumes her, but I may be able to teach her to combat it. Suppose I make her my apprentice. So Storm wants to train Ileana in the ways of magic as she's learned it. Kitty thinks, or uh, Cat thinks that's a terrible idea since Belasco, um, she, she thinks that's what Belasco wants. The more magic she learns, the more valuable Ileana would be to Belasco. So why would you give more, uh, why would you do that? So she's like, what, what, what alternative do I have? Says Naked Storm as she crawls out of her pool. And that's when a knife goes whizzing by her ear and sticks into a tree. And Cat says, this so again implying that she wants to kill somebody well i think cat's idea is that iliana should become cat's apprentice and learn the ways of blades and and stabby and assassin type stuff right well that's that's what we learn 
eventually. No. But yeah, it, it definitely feels like she's she's saying let's let's kill the girl and be done with it. Oh, you think that you you think that Cat wants to kill Ilyana? Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously that's not what happens. Right. So, right. Right. But maybe at so, this point, to Cat, it seems like the only solution. Right. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. So when your mutant powers started to wane, uh, says Cat about Storm. You turned to sorcery and followed the same path Belasco did. You became his apprentice. Why shouldn't you end up as evil as him? If he disappeared tomorrow, you'd only you'd be only too happy to take his place. Kitten, how could you believe that of me? That's when Cat freaks out. I'm not your kitten anymore. Thanks to Belasco, I'm not even human. I'm Cat. Wow. And she probably makes that noise because she's got little claws, she got fangs, she got cat eyes. She's been turned into a humanoid cat. She crawls up a tree, up over a gate, and she's like, I'll see Ilyana dead and you in hell. Yes, which definitely implies that she wants to kill Ilyana. Yeah, I'll see you in hell. You'll die before you reach the landmarker. Well, it's it's a little ambiguous still because she says and before i allow another living soul especially one i care for to suffer such a fate i.e being turned into a cat i'll see iliana dead and you in hell so she would kill iliana to spare her from being transformed so maybe that's what she's talking about this whole time yeah okay like let's not let her go through what we've gone through let's just kill her well let's not let anybody go through with it because ultimately belasco's plan i don't know if we know yet has to do with making bad things happen to lots of people. Well, the bloodstones will open the doors between Limbo and Earth, and then he can do stuff. So that's, I guess that's phase one of his plan. Right. I, and I don't know if we've actually been revealed that as of yet, but yeah. He said that when, when he did the did first he? bloodstone, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we don't know what he's going to do after, you know, the gates are open. We can only assume that he wants to take over the earth or destroy it or something. But well, we he don't said know he was going to re- release the elder gods. That's the one thing he did say he was going to do, which that can't be good. No, <laughs> never is. So meanwhile, back in the garden, it's all pretty. There's a bunch of flowers, some mountains, an oak tree. Ileana's wearing a pretty brown dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is... Uh, I think Storm trying to bring Ileana to nature, to to see life, to appreciate life, to love life. Well, this tree that they're sitting at is very important. It will become Uh, very important, yeah. It is revealed that Ileana is aware of the uh, visit that Storm had to her mind, which she thought was a dream. Mm-hmm. And Storm kind of explains that it wasn't really a dream, but another kind of reality. And uh, she says, there is knowledge that I must teach you, but Kat believes that I'm wrong in wanting to do so. So, you know, Eliana's asking all the right questions. Uh, what's what's wrong? And they, she's, I've never seen such a huge tree. And Storm reveals that it was the first thing she created when she built her, her garden sanctuary. It was birth of an acorn. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where she says that, but she was able to conjure up an acorn um, and then plant it, which became this oak, and then from there spread out the rest of her garden and nature and stuff. Did your spell make it a giant? The magic was in the act of creation. After that, I let nature take her course. If I learn magic, could I make a tree? Yeah, if that's what you want. If you want to, but who's to say? So they so uh, they, they do some meditation, and uh, now they're going to go 
it looks like they're going to go into some astral form here. Yeah, they go into... Her yeah, I guess it's an astral form. turns to silver fire, and for an instant, as the flames reach out to me, I want to run. Uh, I don't know, the trees and the flowers, they all go this psychedelic blue color. The garden alive with glittering lights and colors, even though her eyes are shut. It's so beautiful, I want to cry when I do. My tears are diamonds! I feel a tug and find myself splitting apart, my ghost body leaving the real one. This is fun! I want to do it all the time! These are our astral forms, Ileana. Utilizing them, we can go to places and do and receive things that our human cells aren't able to do so. So they're on the astral plane now. Uh, Ileana finds some dead flowers, and she's like, oh, they're black. What does that mean? And Storm's like, oh, okay. You know, that that's, there's evil here in Limbo, so we got to deal with this. But I can I can restore that. She casts a spell. The flowers come back. They're they're nice and red. That- Simple healing smell, spell leaved Storm drained. Yep, and Ileana's very impressed. And Can she, I do that? Oh, teach me, please. I want to play with a garden like you do. I want to create things to change things, please. Storm's like, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding. Like, you, you're not allowed to ever cast spells. <laughs> Stupid girl, would you destroy us all? And uh, Ileana's like, whoa, what? And uh, Storm's holding on to Ileana's arm. It's hurting her. And uh, Storm's like, oh, I... Sorry, I, I didn't mean to lose my temper. I'm I'm just kind of tired. Pelasco never hurt me. He gave me a present. He said he loved me. Yeah. So, you know, Storm's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, being an adult's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes evil wears a nice face. Yeah. To change things for the sake of change, to satisfy a whim is Belasco's way. We don't want to use magic to change things just because we want to, even though that's what I just did. Uh, we must respect the order of the universe. And so they're looking, their astral forms are looking at their meat sack forms, and there's uh, a black blotch in the middle of Ilyana. It looks like a sickness. Can't you make it go away? Storm's like, I try, but I can't. And that's when Ilyana looks over at Storm and says, look, there's one of those in you and it's bigger. Yeah, and that's uh, that's when they snap out of it. They're back in their own bodies and it's probably impl- it's implied that Storm didn't want to answer any more questions. Yep, so they zipped out of the astral form. It's only been a little bit of time, maybe, you know, an hour, if that. But uh, Ileana's body has... No, 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 no. It's... Oh, you mean in the astral thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. So they were in their astral forms for maybe an hour. But while they were there, a year has passed. Right, because she's... Uh, uh, Ileana's bigger. Aurora, just, I'm bigger. What happened to me? The same as to my oak, the passage of time, roughly a year from the moment we sat down. Uh, she wonders if she did. Uh, she's like, I didn't learn anything. And Storm's like, yeah, you learned more than you think you did. I'm proud of you. Ileana's concerned if the days go by so quickly, I won't be a child very much longer. That part of your life is already past. Growing normally, I mean. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about the crystal. Storm's like, I paid the price to gain the inst- understanding of the arcane, but um, I'm human enough not to want to be reminded of those dark times. So uh, I think the implication here is that Storm was evil for a time. There's 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 a part there's a piece of Belasco in both of them. Yeah. And I, and I think Storm doesn't like to remember that time. Ileana wants to know if the same thing will happen to her. Storm's like, nope, stick with me. We'll uh, we'll make this right. And as they walk away, the bush that they were sitting next to that Storm had healed is completely dead 
rotted and withering away. Aurora's spell didn't work and she doesn't know it. Right. So her magical abilities seem to be waning. They're sleeping. The next night, uh, Ileana is sleeping and Cat is on the prowl. Or at least I assume it's Cat because it looks like Cat's silhouette. Storm senses the intruder in the garden. Uh, she, she knows it's Cat. She just doesn't know where she is. And that's where one of those bolo rope things comes flying out of nowhere and uh, twists around Storm's neck. Storm goes falling from her window into her pool. Unconscious, apparently, because then Cat dives into the water and rescues her. Um... And then kidnaps Ileana. Well, it doesn't really kidnap her, but says, hey, I I got a way to go home and it's going to be really tough. But at least this way you won't uh, have to become a sorcerer. Right. And And Aurora won't like it, but, you know. But I'm going to get you home. I I don't know if she's completely sound. Uh, And Ileana's kind of like, look, yeah, I don't don't really care what you guys have got going on. I just want to go home. Right. So they uh, they run off, and we see inside of Belasco's scrying pool this scene take place. And Belasco's like, your success will be my victory, and my victory will mean the destruction and damnation of the human race. What? To be continued. To be continued. All right. Whoa. So, that takes us over uh, to issue two. I got to talk about, well, do you have dates on this or do you not care about Yeah, that? I do. I got January 1984 on sale, October 4th, 1983. We're still in 83. Cover price of 60 cents. And uh, this one's called Cold Iron Hot Blood. So, Hot blooded. So uh, in this, uh, I read this issue. Let's see. Today is uh, January 12th, just to put this all in perspective, because I'm going to connect everything here, Adam. I read this issue, I want to say, uh, yesterday or the day before. So January 10th, January 11th time frame. Immediately when I see the background of this comic book, I think of the story, the movie. I can't remember the movie, but it had David Bowie as the Goblin King. Oh. But um, not the never-ending story, but... Uh, no, uh, Labyrinth. The Labyrinth. Uh, and then, of course, we found out the terrible news yesterday that he had passed away. But uh, crazy timing, huh? I don't think Labyrinth at all when I look at this background. The but background. like all they, they all look like Jim Henson-type Muppet creatures. But I, in, a, in another coincidence, I've been recently started re-watching The Venture Brothers, which I don't know if you've ever seen that. Nope. But it is a show that is peppered with David Bowie references in nearly every episode. Mm. So lots of, lots of coincidences yeah. coming about. And then and then to learn yesterday morning that David Bowie was dead. Just sad. Uh, though I don't feel like – I feel like David Bowie was um, – is, is kind of an icon. And that – you know, David Jones is dead, but David Bowie kind of lives forever. Dave, I don't know. That's how I feel. Who's David Jones? Isn't that his real name? David Jones? Oh, you say David Jones, and I think of Davy Jones from The Monkees. Oh, no. He's, he's very much alive. <laughs> no, I think David Bowie's real name is David Jones. Oh, very well. And that, and that, and that man is, is the one who died. Sure, but sure. We don't know anything about that man. All we know is about the icon, the musician, the actor, the, the, the constant changing fashion guy. You know, all the stuff that is never going to change. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, as he would have said, ch ch changes 
<laughs> Anyhow, uh, I like this cover a lot, mostly because of the background and all of the crazy Jim Henson studio-like creatures. Uh, in the foreground, you have Eliana, rather, in a kind of a one-piece swimming suit type deal, pink, with gloves and boots with a sword. And she is facing off a Limbo Nightcrawler who has two swords in his hands and one sword on his tail. For real? Uh, good cover, I guess. Again. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Uh, going in the comic book shop, looking at the comics, I, I'm like, I don't, what's going on with Nightcrawler? I don't, what is this? Yeah, as a, as a kid, I don't know if I'm drawn to this comic or not. I mean, I guess I wasn't really, I think I was drawn more towards titles. Yeah, and this, so, this has no title, magic. Like, what is Yeah, it, what? So, so I don't think I would have picked this up because it's not something that I recognize. And it's, it's a pink font. Yeah. <laughs> Girl. It's like, like a girly mag. <laughs> yeah, he's Anyway, yeah, you just put this right next to the Strawberry Shortcake Star Comics. <laughs> I'm not buying what you're selling, Marvel. Was Star Comics out yet? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Star Comics is right around 1986 would be my guess. Okay. With with what? Like Heathcliff and... Yeah, Heathcliff, Elf. Oh, yep, Elf, definitely. Was Elf a Star Comic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, was. yeah, it was, it was. Danger Mouse. The other one I'm thinking of is uh, Epic, which had uh, Elf Quest, I think. But that's right about the same time, I think. And they had Gru. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Ah, the good old days. Oh, yeah. This is uh, the same. Love me some Gru. Yeah. This is the same creative staff uh, that brought you the last issue. So skip those names. I, is it? Is it Tom Palmer? He was there too? Yeah, he was the finisher in the last issue. Okay, cool. Um, the creative staff will change up a little bit for issue three, but we'll get there when Thanks. we get there. Um, yeah, Cold Iron, Hot Blood. So Kit Kat is uh, fighting a demon. Ilyana's kind of scurrying back, saying, Cat, a demon! <laughs> uh, stay where you are, Ilyana, I'll handle him. Or Stay where you are, Ilyana, I'll handle him. We get, we get the full Marvel method here, the whole regurgitation of the last issue in three or four little dialogue balloons. Uh, and my name is Ilyana Rasputin, so... Back into it. Cat isn't her real name. She used to be the youngest member of the X-Men. Kitty Pride. This monster punches her. She punches back. And by the way, don't you remember those crazy discs that were in issue 160? I sure do. Well, they they're, look like they're showing up again. We didn't see them oh, in the yeah. last issue. I see them. Yeah. Whatever happens, stay clear of those circles of light, says Kitty Pride, or Cat, rather, throwing a, throwing a couple of uh, ninja stars into the demon's back. Yeah, and those stick right into the back of the demon's back. Uh, the the demon comes running towards Cat. Cat pulls out her sword, uh, and I'm pretty sure stabs him in the chest. You or you did it. Well, I'll just use the same voice. You did it, Cat. You killed the demon. You, Are we safe now? I guess you could give it a little Russian accent. You need to give you, it. You did it, Cat. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, you did it, Cat. You 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 did it, Cat. You killed the demon. Are we safe now? <laughs> yeah. right. oh, it's a work in progress. Yeah, definitely. Another demon comes out from behind Ilyana, reaches down, and Ilyana's like, oh my god, cat, save me. Part of her, her, uh, her, whatever she's wearing, I don't know if it's a nightgown or a dress or whatever, it gets torn away from her. She slips, she falls into a disc, and she's transported away. She's alone, she's lost, she's scared. I can't help crying until another light circle appears right by my feet. 
sending me scuttling to the wall in terror. And she puts her hand up against the wall and she's putting her hand up against the back of the wall, lifting herself up. She's thinking about her brother, Peter. What would, what would, what would you say, Peter, if you saw me like this, acting like a, a scary little baby? I wish you were here. And then she touches something that feels like a foot. She turns around and there's Peter's destroyed body. Someone, that's terrifying. Someone strikes a match and it flickers. It, its flickering glow illuminates her brother who has still got a caved in chest. It's basically the same drawing as we saw in X-Men number 160. And that's when uh, we, she tries to scream, but she hears laughter. She turns around and it's Sim who says, good day, sweet tums. <laughs> Good day, sweetums. Uh, We're never formally introduced. M works for the Lord Belasco. Big boy on the wall objected to the Lord's plans for you. M had to teach him a lesson. Looks cute, eh? And so Sim is back with his blue underwear, his little itty-bitty vest, a big old fat cigar. Uh, where do you think he gets these in limbo? Or do you think Belasco like, magically conjures them for him? I think he has uh, like a, a portal disc business. He just reaches into a specific portal and it, it leads right into a uh, right into Cuba. cigar shop and he just grabs a couple of them and the inventory gets low on that. So this this scene, uh, as I alluded, is, uh, is is straight out of a horror movie where there's the, the, the colossus on the wall all destroyed. It's yeah. terrifying. I mean, can you imagine being a little girl and then seeing your brother all gutted on the wall? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awful. It's terrible. It's very, very terrible. So she sees one of these little discs. She runs for it, which is a little bit past Sim. Sim catches her by her hair, pulls her up, and says, Aye, Sim needs to deliver you to Belasco. Uh, but uh, as, as he's talking to her, uh, he gets stabbed in his tail. Hi there. Remember me? I guess not. Yes, you know better than to try to grab me. He tries to grab her, and he uh, she faces right through his hand. He does say, you've annoyed Sim once too often, kitty cat. Sim intends to feast on your heart as he did to your pal Wolverines. Cat, he killed... Cut, he killed my brother. I know, Snowflake, but that was a long time ago. We gotta go. They go through what... I guess is it. I thought it. I, I can't tell if it's a light, another light thing, but it, it looks different. So I don't know what it is. But they end up going into a different part of limbo, which is a desert. Well, I feel like this is. Uh, well, actually, it's not a, just a desert. It's a. It's a place that we know all too well. An alternate version of it. But I feel like this is a an alternate use of Kitty's powers. Like it's an amalgamation of her phasing and the teleport discs. So Maybe. I, I think I feel like she's conjured this up. That makes sense. Uh but anyway, so again it's limbo. Anything can happen. So it, this is the Savage Land, but it's right. the limbo form of the Savage Land. It's all dry and dead and there's some creatures in there like we see like a demon lion chewing on a demon donkey. Belasco has apparently appeared in issues of Kesar. Yes. Which I would like to read. He he is not fond of Kesar, not one bit. I will, I wanna I wanna I want to somehow find those old issues of Kesar and figure out what is the deal with Belasco. What's the deal with Belasco? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ileana wants to know why they're not falling. Uh, I mean, Kitty is essentially doing the phase trick while you know they're walking on air. 
and they uh, they look down. They see a creature. It looks like it's a, a two-headed saber tooth. And they're like, just our dinner. Why don't you wait here while I go get us some dinner? Cat flies up there. She fights around with this two-headed saber-toothed tiger uh, until it's dead. She rips off her mask, puts her knife in the air, and howls like a cat. Cat roars her triumph to the sky. Meow! <laughs> <laughs> Ileana's like, uh, all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like a joke anymore. Have I shocked, have I shocked you, Ileana? You'd better get used to it. Kitty Pride wouldn't behave this way, but then Kitty was human. Cat is not. Meow. Cat starts up a fire, cooks up the saber-toothed tiger. They they eat some dinner. It's awesome. All that matters, all that's real, is cold steel and the strength of body and the will to use it. You start training in the morning. As what? You'll find You'll a- find out soon enough, and you'll probably wish you hadn't. So if I dream that night, I don't remember. So she was super tired. She wakes up. She is, I guess, relatively refreshed. Uh, Kitty has fashioned together a new outfit for her, which is basically what we saw on the front, like a one-piece swimming suit and some boots. Do you think she made, she forged it from that saber-toothed tiger? Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they take off. They go for a run. Uh, and the point behind this is Kitty is going to run Ileana until she falls and then keep running her some more. Yep. Every time she falls, she says, oh, well, I'm going to leave you behind. And then there's a big monster and Ileana has to continue. Wait for me, please. She spends a lot of that day miserable picking herself up out of the dirt. The more tired she gets, the more she trips and falls. and Cat continues to taunt her. I never imagined I could hurt so much, but... She looks as fresh as when we started. I hate her. Ooh, and it says that in like a red caption box. And that's when Kitty, who apparently can also hear this narration, says, if that's how you truly feel, little snowflake, do something about it. So she flings yeah, I'm the... I'm not sure what that implies. Maybe she says it out loud. I hate you. You know, it's limbo. Anything can happen. And when we were in Storm's garden, Storm knew everything that was going on, so maybe this is Cat's little she's claimed this dead savage land is her own so she's hyper aware of what's going on i buy it i buy it all um the sword gets flung towards iliana iliana's like don't call me snowflake people that like me they can call me snowflake but i don't that's peter's special nickname for me i don't like you uh and uh kitty or cat rather takes out a dagger and swings it at iliana and, and she cuts her she's like pick up the sword and defend yourself or die i feel blood on my face it hurts where she cut me a lot and i see that crazy same crazy look on her face as when she fought the tiger she's serious she grabs a sword and she tries to defend herself yeah and uh i mean kitty's got tons of practice so she's able to handily uh disarm iliana with her dagger iliana's on the ground and she's like oh god i've lost are you gonna kill me and cat's like no why are you doing this? And she, Kat's like, it's a lesson, the first of many, and you've done well. I'm teaching you to survive. Tomorrow, today was hard. Tomorrow won't be any easier. But as this unholy wilderness shaped and tempered me, so shall it do you. And that's when a, uh, a familiar voice says, are you mad, Cat, to place both your souls in such peril? I and was it's wondering storm. show up. And it is Storm. Storm's like, bring her back. She's my apprentice. Apprentice. Cat's like, nope. 
Steel is no proof against his power, Cat. Only knowledge. Cat hurls a knife at the astral projection, but of course, it's an astral projection, so you can't hurt it. Uh, and she says, but you resist me on to death, and taking the life of the one I love would make me no better than Belasco. You give me no choice but to leave you to your destiny. Farewell, my cat. We shall not meet again. Zip. <laughs> she disappears. So, uh, I guess the next day occurs, and they do some more training. Uh, but this time, and maybe more time has passed, I yeah, yeah, some more time. They're, She's... they're making their way to the mountains, and by the time they get there, I'm taller and thinner uh, and able to keep pace with Cat, no matter how fast she runs. So she's aged uh, again, an indeterminate amount of years, but aged nonetheless. And this time, when they have a little duel, Ilyana, who is now wielding a dagger, is able to cut the face of Cat. Very good. You never cut me before. I figure that makes us even for the one you gave me. (laughs) Kat, how much time has passed for the X-Men back on Earth since I was kidnapped? Probably none. Yet I've aged almost three years. They won't believe their eyes. So it's been an additional two years, I guess. Yeah. Don't get cocky, kid. We're not far or we're not home yet. Uh, We're going to go to Belasco's Citadel, which is over there. Uh, looks like a very long hike, but we're just going to teleport. Zip. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it's a very. You're ready is essentially what is being implied. Yeah. I mean, it's a very impressive looking citadel, but, you know, it's not like there's a big march and build up and attack, whatever. They just go straight to it, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Whatever. So they make it there. Uh, they're heading towards the throne room. Uh, but before they can make it there, a familiar limbo nightcrawler appears. Guten Tag, dear ladies. How kind of you to pay us a visit. He should sound more evil. <laughs> Guten Tag, dear ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and he should sound more uh, uh, lackeyish, too. Guten Tag, dear ladies. <laughs> Guten Tag. I don't know how much more we can do to that voice. I'm, I'm Nightcrawler. I'm evil Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, this was, uh... Maybe uh, we just go to a completely different German extreme. Guten Tag, dear ladies! <laughs> How kind of you to pass a visit! It's a much more confident Nightcrawler. But this was the, uh, the very grabby Nightcrawler, if we recall, yeah, from issue yeah. 160. Creepy Nightcrawler. A creepy crawler. And, uh, he teleports down, knocks Cat over, and runs away. Ah, Ilyana hurls a knife towards nightcrawler but nightcrawler he teleports and calls uh uh calls says uh have you forgotten dark child my ability to teleport so oh the dexterity and strength of my tail i only i only call that out because dark child will become a common term that's used for oh yeah so i don't that's true no if this is the first first notice the first one that i've noticed at least in this mini series fair enough uh, yeah, Ileana's grabbed by the tail, she drops the knife, she's whipped aside, she calls out for Cat, who she goes flying into. Nightcrawler grabs out three swords and is like, let's do this. You have some small reputation as a swordswoman, Catchin. Care to test your skills and luck against me? Oh, what? you're fizzing into the floor. That's lame. <laughs> you suck. Uh, Ileana's like, well, you still gotta deal with me, and I've been training like mad, so she's got her dagger, and she, uh swipes at nightcrawler and nightcrawler's like eh, i'm just gonna teleport behind you uh and she does 
There he goes. She's, uh, and Ilyana starts taunting him. Who's the coward now? I'm only a girl, Nightcrawler. What are you afraid of? You don't, you don't, why don't you stand and face me? And Nightcrawler does, and thereby he's moved into a position where Kitty can now start to sneak up on him. Cat's in the floor. She, she phases up, grabs Nightcrawler's foot, phases him, pulls his foot into the floor, lets go, which causes him to de-phase. He says, Yarg! Wilhelm himself is screaming, Let's go, and flesh and blood merge with stone. This leg is irreparably shattered. It's awful. His screams seem to last forever before uh, Cat finally puts an end to him by putting a blade into his chest. So, Adam, this is the first time that this has happened. And well, you know, I, I want to say it's maybe the only time that this happens with flesh. Well, no, because it happened in the X-Men versus Micronauts series as well. Who'd show? With the, oh, with the, you're with right. the dog soldiers. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, every time there's a miniseries, Wolverine, or, uh, Kitty, Kitty uh, manages to phase somebody into a wall or the floor or something. And okay. It's pretty, it's pretty horrific. This, this, um, th- but that this, would suck. Yeah, no, th- but, but this is like uh, much more better done. Yeah, well, this is very graphic, and it's also on someone that we know. Yeah. So it's kind of like, even though it's Nightcrawler, and he's, he's even though it's evil Nightcrawler, it's still Nightcrawler. Right. So It's not random dog soldier. Right. So Nightcrawler's dead. Uh, they they walk um, away uh, up to the, up to Belasco's altar, which is a, a giant pentagram carved out of the stone. Um, this is where the dimensional barriers separating Lindo from Earth are the thinnest. And using my phasing powers, uh, I basically can slip through the atoms of uh, whatever I'm moving through. And that kind of works and should work and able to get us to be able to slip through the atoms of Limbo into Earth. On a primal atomic level, there's virtually no difference between the walls dividing a house and those dividing uh, dimensions. We should be able to phase out of limbo and back to Earth. Should? Aren't you sure? I don't know. I never, never done do it, it before. on my own. I was too afraid of what I'd find. The world I left, whose X-Men are dead and damned and live or worse, your world, an alternate Earth where they're alive and unchanged and now they're teleporting through psychedelics again. Peter, who I loved more than my life and who gave his life to save me. It's a backstory that we don't know anything about. And so and, uh, more psychedelics. They, they kind of get zipped forward like they're flying. Uh, Ilyana sees the old Citadel that we inherited in uh, X-Men number 150, uh, Magneto's old base. And she sees, I think, the X-Men... And we get uh, yep. we get a recreation of the scene where Kitty says, "I can't feel anything. I've lost her." Wait, wait, there she is. Uh, and Ilyana is like, "Oh, Kitty, is it really you?" But instead, it's Belasco. Why, Ilyana, you look so delightfully surprised. Did you honestly believe I let you go so easily? No, I wouldn't, because I'm Belasco. I'm, I'm evil, a bad guy. <laughs> So both Kat and Ilyana are basically in Belasco's throne room. 
when you saw it was me and the ex, let's see, I couldn't help notice a momentary surge of joy in you, child, when you saw it was me and not the X-Men. Your heart, it seems, knows its true allegiance, even if it deny, if your head denies me. So deep down, Ileana loves Belasco. Yeah, well, she, she even implies uh, as she's being rescued, the harder I try to banish Belasco from my thoughts, the more clearly I see him, remember him, long for him. But I mean, it's... So yeah, she's got a weird love-hate relationship going on there. Well, I'm guessing that it's like a spell or some sort of corruption or something like that. Right, right, yeah. right. And the longer she's in limbo, the harder it probably is to break away. Right, and, and the more stones are gathered, the mm. harder it is to get away. I'll never be anything like you. And so Im is here and he's like, eh. It was a long time, sweetums, in this place. Time is uh, on Belasco's side. So, yeah, Nightcrawler there, he, that sucks. A pity about Nightcrawler. He had his limitations, but he was an adequate servant. And good help is so hard to find. Since you killed him, Cat, it's only fitting that you take his place. Cat jumps up with her sword. Now this time she's ready to kill him. Uh, and uh, that's when Belasco uses the Force. And stops her and uh, says, you will give me that sword. Cat gives over the sword and says, I see my mistake. I left you with too much human, too much free will. So I will touch your forehead and turn you into a real cat. Cat, you are a name. Let now you, let you now become one in fact. And she gets down on all fours and grows hair and a tail and ears and a kitty nose and... So she's basically, she's not a cat. She's she's on all fours. She's like a furry. A, yeah, yeah. It's actually very weird. Uh, but she's purring. So, so so she's her mentality has definitely been reduced to that of a cat uh, as well. Does this feel good, my cat? Shall I stroke you more? It's an actual line of dialogue in this comic. <laughs> Will Belasco do to that to me, I wonder, transform me into one of his creatures? Or... Uh, does he have something even more awful in store? I'm scared. I can't look away. Aurora wouldn't let me play with living things. Maybe Belasco will. She said it was wrong. Evil. I know she's right. I don't care. Belasco's like, ah, come on. Come on over here. I got a present for you. I feel excited. I want to see him do more. I want to help. So she takes the magic uh, dagger away from Belasco and she cuts her arm from hand down to forearm. And when he gives it to her, he says, you know what to do with it. She cuts, she bleeds, she pulls out her locket. She lets the blood dribble into one of the pentagram uh, points, which turns into uh, the second bloodstone. Mm -hmm. Come, child, I will show you your apartments. In the morning, you will begin your apprenticeship. Can I go home, Blasco, please? Ileana, you are home. This is where you belong. Now and forever, by my side. And now she's got a deviously evil smile with red eyes. Storm. (laughs) Looks apparently at her crystal ball and says, I warned you, cat, but you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't believe. God has cursed you, Belasco, for the hurt you have caused. Ileana, you and cat are as my own flesh. Yet for the sake of their souls, for the world itself, I must destroy them. To be continued. To be continued. And that, dear listeners, where we're going to leave you with a nice little cliffhanger. 
I think that these these four parters seem to break really well at at part two for some reason. That micronaut but, story couldn't end soon enough for my tastes. Well, that's yeah, you know, they can't all be winners. <laughs> but I mean, well, in a, in a perfect world, they could. But you know, we live in the real world. So all of the other comments that I've made about this four part series about how I don't understand how there was any desire for it and how people I don't understand who would have bought it, like from an action perspective. Almost nothing is happening, but yet, for my money, uh, I I really have so far for these two issues enjoyed the storytelling, the pacing, uh, and a lot of the ideas presented. The retcon that I was referring to was the the bloodstones thing in issue one sixty. It was very vague what the bloodstones were for. Uh, he, Belasco just kept saying it, ha- it has a lot to do with your destiny. Uh, you're going to, you're going to keep these. And once all five of them get together, your destiny will happen. But now he, I think Chris Claremont went back and maybe, maybe retcon is the wrong word, but he kind of fleshed out. All right, this is what I want to have happen. Yeah. I don't think that's a retcon. A retcon would have been like, there's six bloodstones, not five. Well, no, a retcon technically isn't a change it is it's it's taking something that already exists and manipulating it to mean something else so so like six would be an adding adding a sixth one would be an error well but adam the sixth one is on the other side of the locket okay fine just like (laughs) that just seems like a cheat (laughs) just well like the third summer's brother that's a retcon like like a, yeah, the, the the third Summers brother is is a retcon, but it's not a retcon because they added something new. It's a retcon because they went in to an untapped area of the the backup story and added something like, uh, or maybe it is adding new. I, I I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, in the in the case of that and the example of my sixth Bloodstone, it's uh, you never have seen this angle drawn before and what you didn't see from this hidden angle was this other thing a sixth bloodstone a third summer's brother yeah okay uh gene gray it's always been at the bottom of jamaica bay those types of things yeah uh see i wouldn't say that that was a red con either but maybe it is i don't know i'm i'm confused (laughs) it's it's a what does it stand for retroactive continuity or something i don't know yeah well anyhow um so I like it. I like the story quite a bit, quite honestly. How about you, Adam? It's good. I'm. I don't. I don't. Uh, I think it gets uh, better with the next two issues, actually. But uh, well, we'll talk about that next week. Yes, uh, the first issue, uh, just like this podcast represents, took uh, a lot longer to read than the other three issues. Uh, but and like you said earlier, that has a lot to do with the fact that there is a lot of uh, thought dialogue to explain what's going on. And and again, that's not a bad thing. It's just it, it is what it is. And then. Uh, this the second issue, and I think the third and fourth kind of zip by because there's more more faster pacing. Things happen. Things happen. So so there you go. Um, we got some we got some messages, Adam. We sure did. We got uh, we got two messages from Bob Moriarty on the Facebook, and I'm gonna kind of combine them here. I uh, he, he says, guys, just wanted to thank you for all the awesome work. Just discovered discovered your cast, and can't wait for the new episodes. It's good because there's so many to catch up on and 
We don't care about current events and you can enjoy just any given episode and our review or slash satirization, which is probably not a real word, he says, is epic and hilarious. It's going to go on to iTunes and throw us a five-star jam, which is great. Um, he hopes it'll win him an old comic book. Um, I, I don't know if that'll happen, but, you know. Anything, it's, it's limbo. Anything's possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, a comic book, maybe somehow you'll get a free comic book. The next free comic book you get is one that we got you. <laughs> you may not realize that right away, but eventually you'll be like, oh, yeah, I bet I bet those guys did get me that comic book. Well, he also comments on about the Juice Brothers, which he found pretty funny, uh, but he feels that it's probably pronounced Gweiss, uh, and he also talks about a... X-Factor special from 1990 called Prisoner of Love, which uh, I'd, I've never read, uh, but I do recall seeing it in the comic book stores. That's 1990, so a heavy comic book collecting time for me, and it features uh, uh, Blue Beast smooching a girl, and I think I never picked it up because I was like, I don't want to read a love story. <laughs> <laughs> it was like all Beast and like nobody else, and at that time, like Beast was my least favorite of any... Uh, x-man or x-factor character i'll be curious when we get there because from his description beast can't believe that somebody would fall in love with him but like right now in the avengers like everybody's fallen in love with beast so it'll be interesting to see how beast gets there yeah well and and there's also vera and trish tilby and i don't know he's got he's got women lined up left and right so anyways yeah we, we when we get to that point we will probably cover that x factor special I don't know how much detail we'll give it but anyways and uh, to to close out Rob also says we nailed something special Aww. which which is nice thanks dude yeah thanks man we are laugh out loud funny okay well you know if you'd like to to join in on the fun you can do so uh, by visiting us at uh, www.xmenpodcast.com or you can follow us at Danger Room Go. You can go on to um, uh, iTunes. You can type in Danger Room. We're the first podcast that shows up. Uh, you can leave us a five-star review there or subscribe. You can also go find us on oops, Stitcher uh, if you like your internet radio there. And you can call us at 501-GET-X-MEN. And also on Facebook, we're uh, facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast. And speaking of Facebook, uh, we, we uh, every now and again, we like to recognize the fans who have liked us. And in this case, it's been quite a while since we've done that. So without further ado, Adam and I will read a list of names. In Nightcrawler's voice. Oh, okay. Do <clears throat> you want to go first? No, I want you to go first. <laughs> Bob Moriarty. Michael Philip Hoffman. Eric McIntosh. <laughs> Jeff Smith. Rob Carson. Stephen Pelnet. Aaron Brunson. Contelemu Laplesnilla. Oh, that was good. Oh, thank I'm impressed. You. <laughs> oh, I've been practicing in the circus. <laughs> John M. Wilson. William Hobbs. Joe, Joe Connolly. Jenny Gerdert. Ooh, a lady likes us. Fraulein. Alexander Axel. Gord McLaughlin. Gabriel Ochoa. Or Gabriel. G Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> Wesley Hansen. Hurricane Harold. Mm, sounds like a boxer. It does, you're right. <laughs> Paige Resendez. Milan Radoslav. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm really glad that you got that one. Ra Radoslavlevich. 
Djevich. Djevich. Sorry, Milan. I'm very sorry. Uh, Sean Coley. Jeffrey Parton. You should read the names that you can't pronounce in Colossus's voice and at the end be like, I'm no good with names. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where were we? Um, uh, Joe LaParcaro. Joshua Mayberry. Michael Gray. James Donahue III. Oh, the favorite of the three. <laughs> Hugh Martin Tins. Alex Pereira. Matthew Booth. Yomar Lopez. Wes Curvin. Not quite Wes Craven, but close enough. <laughs> close enough for government work. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so funny. Chris Berlinski. Haven Galdin. Melissa Magnotti Finnegan. Lena oh, uh, Lena Usapaka. I know good with names. <laughs> Brad Choma. Um, Russell Resendez. Mark Adams. I feel like the entire Resendez family is a fan of ours. <laughs> it, oh, yes, there are other Resendezes. You're right. <laughs> Wayne Cody. Well, that about does it. I'm going to have to go back to some doctoring now. <laughs> So there you go. If you would like your names read in a classic, hilarious X-Men characterization as featured by Adam and Jeremy, then all you need to do is go over to facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast and add your like to the list. Yeah, next time we'll do Jean Grey. Oh, man, that'll destroy our voices. I was hoping <laughs> we'd do Cyclops, but but whatever, you know. Maybe we could take requests. Maybe we could just do it randomly next time. So mm. we'll, we'll just like randomly choose the character that we want to do it. Mm. But we'll do all of the names as that character. Well, no, like we'll switch it up. Like I'll, like I'll do Cyclops and then you'll do also Cyclops and then I'll do Nightcrawler and then you'll do also Nightcrawler and then I'll do Colossus and then you'll keep doing the one that I'm doing and I'll just be like, what is the point? So basically I'll be non-creative. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we'll do them all in Wolverine. And we'll just call him Bub. <laughs> we got another like from Bub. Well, then, Adam, do you have anything else you want to add to this one? No, I think it's time to scoot, Bub. All right. Well, then, until next time, uh, my name is Jeremy. My name is Futzer. And the danger room is closed. Everybody